That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Mania alongside for the ride is a man that was caught, catch- caught touching his wife's butt on TV. JC, sorry, I'm a little fresh really? this morning. What? Really? Well, you see what Beth Phoenix said? She was really? like, she went, she went, stop that. Stop that. Don't touch my ass on TV. Because he got, he You're got. You're going to make me do this podcast in a suit <laughs> without any time to prepare and you expect me to have a good performance? That is unacceptable. Unacceptable. All right, let's go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is the Jobberknocker Podcast. Uh, we're, we're a little bit off kilter today, so it is what it is. Uh, well, there's a lot to talk about. We have a lot to discuss here, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. Let's get right into it. In the shine, always in the shine like Mandy Rose. JC, this is your topic of discussion most of the time because you're the positive. I'm the negative charge. Let's do this uh, thing. You said it. It is all about Mandy Rose. This is the Mandy Rose Podcast we're talking about today. But actually, we're going to talk. Uh, there's two major themes on the two major shows. There's two major stories. There's two major guys that are absolutely beloved right now, and uh, they're all involving around the same similar thing. One's coming sooner than the other, but uh, yeah, it's uh, between the Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn segment on SmackDown and the Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman promo on Raw. Uh, we were serviced this week as wrestling fans in terms of storytelling, in terms of fucking why we watch this shit, because we have two of the more compelling stories at the same time, and I think it's kind of... We've obviously had plenty of times during WrestleMania season where there is someone who is a short-term opponent and a long-term opponent, but this one is just like, it's so good. Both stories are so good. Both guys are like so hot for different reasons going against the biggest thing in wrestling. As we've heard a million times, it is really cool. So we can start with either one. We'll start with Monday since that just happened. It's a fresh in our mind. The Cody uh, Heyman segment. I absolutely loved. I mean, just this is what I think a lot of us were waiting for when Cody came back and we knew eventually he'd go for the title. We wanted to see that first like one-on-one Cody versus Heyman on the mic because obviously as we heard in that promo, there's a lot of history between them. Uh, Heyman like kind of you know got Dusty back involved as Cody eloquently told and kind of made Heyman emotional. Uh, people can uh, say whether they believe that was real or not. I think I mean it's one of those things where I felt it's. If it wasn't real, it felt pretty damn real because Heyman's reaction, you don't normally see him react like that. So I thought that was really cool. But the thing about Paul Heyman is there ain't too many people better in this business who are great at just fucking turning that page, transitioning to where they need to go. And him delivering the line that has really set this feud from, as Cody said, not just being about Cody going for a pair of titles, but now it is personal when he said that Roman Reigns was the son that Dusty wanted instead of the one he had. Uh, so this thing I thought was pretty much almost flawless by both guys. It sold me on the match even more than it already did. I think it did what it had to do. Cody acknowledged Sammy, but then moved past him and made it more about what we know it's going to be. And yeah, I mean, this segment as a Cody fan was absolute porn. I think as a wrestling fan was absolute porn. <laughs> I like how you say absolute porn. Uh, 
I will I will say this. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was wonderful. Honest to God. I I thought Cody did a great job selling the idea of to my friend Sami Zayn. Best of luck. May the best man win. Then, of course, Heyman interrupts, and then they they have this back and forth where they're, you know, essentially, you know, saying nice things about each other. And then, of course, it gets to the, the thing at the end where it really just turned, as you said, with the favorite son thing. But the one thing that was, and again, I'm not trying to be super negative about it because this was an A-plus segment. There really was nothing really wrong with it. I'm curious your take about this, JC, in terms of just doing a segment like this when we're only, what, two weeks away from Elimination Chamber? Do you feel like, because uh, for me, this is how I felt, so I might be on my own island of uh, ir- irrelevancy. Uh, so it's, well, yeah. So for me, I looked at it like he went and he was like, Sami Zayn, go out there and win, buddy. And then it was just like, at the end of the promo, he was like, now you've made this personal. I'm going to take the titles from Roman. So now he's overlooking Sammy. And I, I like we like you just discussed, mm. we know we know that the end game is WrestleMania. But Sammy is so white hot that in my mind, I'm watching this going, well, you just fucking told me a Sammy. Like, I know Sammy's not going to win. But I'm going to enjoy Elimination Chamber no matter what. But I just, for some reason, that little crumb irked me so much where it was like, go get him, Sammy, but fucking I'm going to go after Roman Reigns. And it's just... It, like, I just feel like this could have happened directly after Elimination Chamber. It didn't need to happen right now. I know Cody has nothing really to do for the next two weeks. But it's just, I just felt like that was a little bit of a, like, it could have been a little bit different. Because this could have aired two weeks later and it, we still would have thought this was amazing. Yeah, but I still think, like, it's one of those things is, like, you, the Roman-Cody thing. Like, and Roman mentioned Cody's name for the first time on SmackDown. We'll get to that as well. Like, you have to, you have to start it. And the reason why I like the timing is because... Even though we, we th- I mean, we know it's going to be Roman, but you want to plant that little bit of like seed of doubt being like, but what if it isn't? And I think it like, it's one of those things. So you acknowledge it, but obviously Cody is across the ring from Paul Heyman, who represents Roman Reigns. He's not across the ring from Sami Zayn. So, and as Cody said it in his promo, and this was the big thing for me, he's like, I'm going to WrestleMania. I'm there. Roman, like it's assumed that you will be there, but it might not be. It could be Sami. So it's one of those things like Cody knows where he's going. So as he said, he's like, I would love to face my friend Sami Zayn, and I wish the best of luck, and I hope you win pretty much. But at the same time, he also knows his opponent might be Roman Reigns, and the guy across from the ring from him is Paul Heyman, who represents Roman Reigns. So that's the guy he has to go after to sell this match and do it. So I thought it was just – I thought it was nice because it's one of those things – I'm sure because we know how a lot of, like, big meetings work with stuff like this. They were probably all, like, right away, a lot of the people in that room were probably like – Cody, you can't mention Sami Zayn. You pretend like it's not there. You just reacted on you. Like, the people love you. You don't want to, like, whatever. And Cody was probably like, no. We don't, like, that's not. Because I, I think Cody and I think Triple H is probably the same way. They probably think, like, no, you can't. Like, Vince was something Vince probably would have just ignored because he tries to push it the way it is. It's like, no, you have to acknowledge it because this is a real thing. And you just, you acknowledge it. That's what you do. And it is what it is because it's, it's there no matter what. The people know this is there. So by ignoring it, you look like an idiot and you're, you like, you're just trying to, you're creating something. But if you acknowledge it and you say what it is, it's like, you know what? This is a match that's happening. Roman isn't guaranteed to face Cody. Cody's guaranteed to face the winner of this match. So it's just, it's, that's why I thought it was well done. I thought the timing here was good. Cause like you said, you're not, you don't just want to have Cody just come out and do his rah, rah on the American nightmare, like promos. Like we've seen, we've seen those since he's been back. It's like, he knows where he's going. He needs to have that target on WrestleMania and continue to be ready. And that's why I think it's this like Roman Reigns didn't come out yet because Roman Reigns is focused on Sami Zayn. But Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman is his representative. Paul Heyman's job is to cover all his bases. This was an important base for Paul Heyman to cover this week. 
Well, it definitely makes me want to see the match now. Not that I didn't want to. See, I want to see the end result of him beating Roman Reigns and have the championship. It's, and it's selling you on right. a few between them. Like why it's like Cody said, it's like you made it personal because Cody said right before that, he said, this was about me chasing the title. That's the story and about me getting it from my dad, for me, for my family, for all the fans, like just for this, for like everything. But he's like, now I have a reason of why I want to take it from Roman Reigns because you just fucking made it personal. So that was the piece that they needed to really turn that thing up. And I thought they did it in one segment because both these guys are masterful. And I, I'm going to throw this out here just because I like discussion with you. And I think I think you know that this is a respectful question to you, not necessarily to shit on Cody Rhodes. I saw something online that really bothered me. So I'm curious how you feel about this. It was a picture of Cody Rhodes and it said, they asked The Rock, they asked Austin, and they settled on Cody. And that made that person write out like, well, that makes me feel like they don't have that much confidence in Cody because he was the third option. Let yep. me put it this way, because as I mean, because you can also read the same reports where it was like Cody was getting a shot no matter what. But it was like, will it be two matches for Roman instead of one? It appears now we're just doing the one. But if something like that were to get out and you say that Cody wasn't the choice, what are you doing to him narratively? You're making it be like he's even more of a baby face. Like the, this isn't the guy the company wanted. Historically, when that happens, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston right now is saying saying. What happens in WrestleMania? No. The crowd wants it even more. So, I mean, whatever. Like, there's going to be a million gajillion reports and the, the fucking morons who literally, like, it's funny. Like, on Saturday, there was a report that came out and it was rebuffed two hours later by uh, the guy with the initials BA. He's a fucking moron about NXT. So, it's just like, you can read whatever you want with these things. Maybe some of them are true. Maybe them, some of them are half true. But it's just like, it's a lot of the times when we get some of these leaks, you can look at them and be like, that necessarily could be something where they're trying to do something in particular. And Cody actually commented about The Rock, too, where he said, with all respect to you, we have two guys with much better stories than you right now, buddy, so stay away. So it's just like, it's, that's the WWE isn't dumb. And I think especially now where before you can make an argument with Vince that he would purposely try to like go against things. I think guys like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, like these guys, I think are very aware of everything that is going on. So I think they use it. And that's why a lot of these things we've talked about as the Triple H took over, leaving little breadcrumbs around with little things because he knows these are things people are talking about. So we need to at least reference them to be like, we acknowledge it. We understand it. And maybe it'll factor into what we do. Maybe it won't. And that's what I think is really cool about the state that WWE is in right now. Okay. It's fair. I just wanted to ask because I, I saw it and I thought, what an interesting, what an interesting it topic. It is. It's interesting. It's a very it, interesting. You know, and again, there's no right or wrong answer here because we don't know anything, hmm. obviously. But it's just, it's nice to speculate. And that's what we do here. We speculate. Um, going on, you said there was two parts to this. Yeah, so. we go to, we go, now we go to SmackDown yeah. because Roman Reigns, he wasn't involved in this Cody Rhodes segment. His uh, counsel was. Roman Reigns is full speed ahead with Sami Zayn and he came out on SmackDown and I loved I love this because by saying one word, you made me fucking love this even more. When he called Sammy greedy, it's just like when you have a heel that is this drunk with power and like attention and just ego and in such his own world because he's been so unbeatable. It's like we're getting a look into Roman Reigns' mind right now where, you know, he might not perceive Sammy as a guy that has been taken advantage of. He probably perceives it truly as this maniacal bad guy as – I let this guy into my family. I embraced him. And now he destroyed my family because he's fucking greedy and he wants to be me just like everybody else. And I put them all down. So Sammy's not any different. And that to me, why I think that was so clutch and why Roman Reigns is fucking the best in the world right now, because 
He fucking let us into his psyche because as we know, when people get to the level of Roman Reigns, whether it's in a movie or a TV show or whatever, or even real life, when you're that drunk with power and you have that much power, your mind works differently. And I thought him by call that simple little line of being like Sami Zayn is greedy. It showed that, okay, this is an act from Roman Reigns. He fucking believes it. And that sells me on it anymore. And obviously then we get Sammy coming out. He attacks him. Um, he spears him. Uh, so that obviously better spear than Roman. Moment. I thought it was a pretty good spear, but here's my thing with spears. And I'll say, I, I, I'll say this a lot. Uh, when I watch spears, because obviously like, yes, there's, there's some people do it very well. I think Lashley does a very nice spear too, but a lot of it to me is about who's taking the spear and how they sell it. Roman Reigns has given out enough spears. I think he knows how to sell the damn thing too. And I think that it's one of those things. It's like you need to give a good one and you need to be able to take a good one. So that's why, I mean, Dolph Ziggler's the goat spear taker, but I just, I thought that was a beautiful I don't know, spear Christian with Goldberg back in the day, that was I a, mean, oof. Christian's the goat of life. But yeah. I'm just saying in terms of like current guys in recent no, memory, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. Ziggler, the reason why that Goldberg feud I fucking loved was because of Dolph fucking Ziggler yeah. taking spears. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I tend to agree. And the other thing I think our boy uh, Ray pointed out when he was in the corner, not with a microphone, and they turned mm -hmm. up the volume and he was saying, mm -hmm. you ruined my family. I'm mm -hmm. going to ruin you in front of yours. And I, I was just like, into his head. and I was just like that to me, that that moment there was like, obviously the crowd was white hot for him, but that yeah. was a moment for the television audience, which you normally don't get because they yeah. have to include everybody because nobody in the arena heard what he was saying, really. No. You know, and, and I that's think that, something that's, a nice, that, that's a nice part to snack on. Yeah, and I think that's something that we saw during the pandemic uh, era that Roman started to do better than anyone. Because obviously then it was all for a TV audience because they had the fucking stupid video boards in the crowd. Wheel of Fortune crowd, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's just, that is something that, I, I mean, a lot of people talk, but like Roman literally made it so effective because he talked directly to the person without a microphone and you could hear it. And he's still like, he hasn't done it as much, obviously, because you mentioned like the live crowd can't hear it. But when he does use it, it is very effective. And that's why, again, it's like Michael Cole said, these people, these guys could be nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. And uh, best leading actor, Roman Reigns, like Sami Zayn's been awesome for his part, but none of this is possible without fucking Roman Reigns doing what he does every time he shows up and being the fucking one of the greatest end bosses of all time. I well, I mean, I, I I still don't think we'll appreciate it till he's long gone. No, of like course I, not. We're gonna I, we're gonna look back in ten years and be like, holy fuck, we were spoiled. Yeah, I I really do agree because I mean, we can say Rock, we can say Austin, we can say Hogan. Roman Reigns is in the conversation. He has yeah, to be. well, in terms of especially like a heel run, yeah. it's like Brock Lesnar was a great end boss because he was unbeatable. Roman Reigns is unbeatable, but psychologically, I don't think we've seen like this is like. It's I say Randy Orton level type of shit in terms of how good it is as a heel, but obviously Randy was much different type of heel. Like what Roman is doing as this just psychological, powerful fucking like overlord, emperor type figure. I don't know if it's ever happened before, and I think when we look back, we'd be able to have that conversation. I'll be curious. We'll probably have to have a different conversation for a different podcast, but I'm I'm curious of like in terms of the gimmick. Like we know that like there's the People's Champion, there's the the Rattlesnake Babyface, the Tribal Chief has to be up there, like. Just that that character, that version mm -hmm. of him. Like we love Cowboy Brock for different reasons, but you know I, the Tribal Chief has just been amazing. Just and, and I don't even know what you can do after this. Like if he is really gone, like that. What a I way think to it's end one it. of those. I think it's. I mean, I we're not because I actually had this conversation with the boy Cap uh, yesterday because we were talking about some of the stuff. Uh, he caught me in the hallway, but <laughs> off guard. So, <laughs> no, it wasn't off guard. I didn't hear. Him. Apparently, it was yelling. I didn't hear him because I just I'm not. I'm usually in the zone when I'm there, just not paying attention. Um, but 
we had the conversation where it's like, and the expectation is, yeah, that I think he's like done uh, after that, but I still assume he's still going to be part-time. He'll show up for some big events. They'll probably do some things, but yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if honestly, if he didn't even, if he didn't even come back to like the next year, because I think about how long this guy's been working and we know he's already been the part-time. We kind of saw it during the money in the bank time last year where he like fought riddle, but around that, like he worked like three dates in like a three month span. And that's part of the reason why Sammy came into this. Cause the Usos kind of became the main event attraction on SmackDown and they brought Sammy in to kind of give a new level. And then Roman would just be here, here and there. Obviously right now he's here pretty much every week because it's WrestleMania season, but it's just, it's one of those things with him not being champion. He doesn't as much have that responsibility, assuming he's not going to be champion that I think he's going to be a full part-timer and he might just become like, like John Cena did at the end, just show up at big events and then you're gone. So yeah, Huh? It's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, something else I wanted to say that I thought was definitely, definitely, uh, well, shine for me was watching when I was watching Monday Night Raw. I just enjoy Cowboy Brock yeah. in general, but God damn it, when he was saying stuff like "I was trying to hunt," all I could think about was Bobby Who. Like he hit that Who, like King of the Hill Who. Like it just, I, I. Like the fact that Brock Lesnar hates people or just doesn't like dealing with people and then seeing him go out and entertain 16,000 people in Orlando like that is fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. And then he gets to his wife and he's like five or six hours after. And then I'm thinking about Bobby Lashley. And it was like, he knows how to get his point across. He's an amazing businessman. But then Bobby Lashley comes out looking like a fucking billionaire. I mean, like I watched, like when he came out, I thought to myself, he has come so fucking far from, dun, 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 you know, with the fucking, you know, the whole pose and the pyro and shit, well, you know, being Trump's handpicked uh, guy to beat, you know, Vince McMahon and Umaga to this is like completely different person. And I, when I watched it, I was like, man, we're like, I, I feel weird that it's happening at Elimination Chamber a little bit. Like, I feel like it's cheapened because we can't get it. Because it's in Canada, which I think is cool. I think, I think the thing is, is I just want the fight pit and know we're not going to get it with the elimination chamber hanging, but I just feel like we're probably, this is the end of this, but God it's damn third it. match. I mean, yeah. in, in my, in my estimation, I feel like Brock Lesnar wins, but Bobby Lashley yeah. has to still look like a hoss. I don't know. It's, 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 it's very compelling television to me. Well, what I love about this feud is because both guys are baby faces, but they're ah. both capable they're both capable of getting heat. I mean, Bobby Lashley is more of a baby face than Brock Lesnar. Like that dude, like the reactions that he's been getting for like a year. And even when they try to like give him more of edge, like he's still getting cheered. Like when they fucking Brock mentioned his name, the place went nuts. When his music hit, the place went nuts. And as we know, like Brock, whether he's a baby face or he'll always gonna get a reaction. So it's just one of those things. It's like, these guys are two larger than life athletes. They're fucking hosses. They're fucking top card guys in their own right. And it's just like that we've seen it with their chemistry. And we've seen Lashley was a guy that Brock, probably didn't want to work with and didn't really have respect for for such a long time. But now I think Brock looks at it as like, this is my rival right now. This guy's fucking cool. I love facing them. And I think it's just one of those things. Like it took so long. Cause we've seen this evolution of Bobby Lashley. Like he's one of those guys where literally like none of us liked him when we were younger, when he was getting those pushes. Cause he wasn't very good. He wasn't good on the mic. He wasn't good in the rain. He didn't, he didn't look like a badass. but like, as we've mentioned ever since the hurt business and then his run as WWE champion with MVP as his mouthpiece, we've seen Lashley get more comfortable. We obviously still know he's not an A plus promo, but he can do what he did on Monday and fucking sell you on a big match because he's good. And in the rain, like whether it was going to MMA or his time in impact where he kind of got to work on himself, like he got really fucking good at, 
doing what he can with his body type, doing what he can do in the rain and really like telling stories in the rain. And just, he's, it's like, it's incredible. His journey. And it's, I love these last two matches between these guys. I love the rumble thing. I love all the nonsense between these guys. So I'm excited for it. I think it makes sense. And I also think it's exciting because it means that both of these guys are going in different directions, possibly at WrestleMania, which I think is also exciting because with Brock, it's one of those things. It's like, it's been Roman and Lashley for like what? Three, four years. Like one, like was the last one before that, that one off with Ricochet like four years ago. Like, so it's exciting knowing that Brock could be facing someone different at WrestleMania this year, which is cool. And same thing with Lashley. Like we have all the intrigue. Obviously the other thing that I really loved on raw was MVP is full on with Cedric and Shelton this week with the hurt business. They got a big win over alpha Academy. So it's like, does Lashley go back there or are they all going to go against Lashley? Cause we know Amos is still lurking. They have a history. It's just, there's so much cool stuff around both these guys. And I love that. They're just going to fucking beat the shit out of each other in Canada. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, Brock's from Canada now. So I'm assuming that it'll be a little bit different up there for him. Because he'll be saying, by way of yada, 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 the place will explode because he's from Canada. Also, Joe, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Michelle McCool is a better wrestler than WrestleMania. I agree. She's not enough on me. Uh, anyway, uh, so anything else that's positive in the shine here yeah. for you? Yeah, uh, SmackDown, we had one of the best pre-produced crossover things they've ever done. Because a lot of times when they do this bullshit, it's fucking dumb, and I fast-forward it. But the fucking NASCAR segment with Judgment Day and Ray in the New Day was so much fun. And Dom and just fucking the insults being thrown back and forth. And then them in, like, the cockpits with the car was just, like, I, there was nothing that I saw coming. But it's one of those things where it's, like, this was something they were forced to do by Fox. And they made it into fucking good TV. A lot of times when they do it, they just send, like, the big show or some baby face just like, oh, look at them here doing it. It's a waste of fucking time. But they made it a fucking part of an angle. And they continue every time Ray and Dom are on screen together. I fucking, I am full fucking chub. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that fucking, he's going to be mean to daddy. And prison Dom's just going to be a fucking stud. And I just... This segment was so much fun for something that normally and like historically in WWE when they do these are complete throwaways. To me, it might have been the best thing on SmackDown. Wow. It That's was so something. good. I loved it. And I, that includes the Sammy and Roman thing, which I love. I chuckled because when I saw it, I went, This is this is JC City right now. Like it, I mean it's so good. It, it was it was, and I, I started Same laughing like <laughs> when he said the old man thing while he was driving, I was just like, Who's the old man? I'm like, this is this guy is so fucking funny. And then, like, of course, like, Ray can't wrestle right now. He's probably injured or, or a small injury, minor injury, whatever. But I'm obviously they didn't drive, but it was just funny that, like, they made it seem like they drove. And then, of course, like, you know, they fucking had to, you know, push each other around afterwards. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we got, like, what, two months before WrestleMania? So then it's going to start cooking. Like, it's going to get real good real fast. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Uh, but like you said, they took something that they needed to do and they did a great effort with it, and it was hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. And I, I just think the Judgment Day is just a vehicle. much Not necessarily on the level of the New Day. They're getting there. But they're getting to a different a, way. They're, they're, getting, way. they're getting to a level in which you could hand them anything, like the New Day. And I mean this as a compliment. You can give them something, and they'll make it better than what you imagined. Yeah, and I think you've brought this up before because it's one of those things. It's like the Judgment Day was a cool concept, but it wasn't working. They tossed out Edge, put in Finn, and then like Finn kind of said, and you quote him on this, being like, you know, we thought we'd just bring in Dom and kind of help him out, but it was like Dom made all of us better. And you can tell like 
these four individuals have found their groove together because there's a relationship between all four of them with each other that is so unique. Obviously, we know the Dom and Mommy thing is like there. We know like Priest, like whatever with the friends, or whatever. And that, but like even like Finn and Dom have like a cool relationship because it's kind of like it's like a an extra dad like mentor, but he's like it's fucking Finn and he's fucking just goofy. It just it's it's just so cool. It's like they're just they're just cool. Even like when they lose, they look cool. We talked about it before. There was a run where the judgment day was just losing, but they still were fucking cool. And I actually I enjoyed the segment on Monday because we knew we were getting Edge and Beth. We thought it would be Rhea and Dom, but I kind of love that it's Finn and Rhea because it kind of keeps Dom safe for his feud with Daddy. And it also like we know Finn and Edge is probably a WrestleMania match because they're really building it as it. So I I love that it was Edge and Beth targeting their two enemies. Rhea was out touring, so she didn't have enough respect for Beth to show up, which I thought was cool. Um, and then obviously, you know, Priest got his thing in a great match with Dawkins, we can talk about in a moment, where he qualified. So it's like every member of Judgment Day has something exciting going on right now, which I think is really important because it like when I look at Raw, it's Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and it's Judgment Day for me. And Bianca Belair, obviously, too. She's just not really had much to do right now. But those are your four major acts on the show. And a big reason why Monday Night Raw is entertaining most weeks. I knew you, you didn't even, uh, yeah, I thought you buried the lead here with uh, him taking the glam slam. Like Dom's face yeah. taking the glam slam. Like, I wouldn't say he's bulletproof. He's not, but. He's pretty bulletproof right now. Like he he can he say. can slip on multiple banana peels and come up smelling it like. Doesn't roses. matter. You just, know, I, and that's, he talks muscle and you just listen. He doesn't even have to say a word. He picks up the mic and it's just nuclear hatred. Yeah. Like you can't teach that. That just that's something that happens organically and it's happened with fucking Dom, man. Yeah, I mean, I was I was so surprised, so fucking surprised to see him take the glance slam, but you know, it is what it is. And then just the thing with Edge is like. I respect Edge. I respect what he's done. But every single time he talks, every single time oh, yeah. he talks, I'm just like, can we just can we just get to the fucking like when when Beth pulled the microphone and was like, let me get to the point. I'm like, final fucking link. Let's just do it. Like she she's the better one where it's just like, let me get to the point and let's get going and let's fight. Edge will sit there a fucking like a poetry slam and fucking talk about shit for 10 minutes and just tell how great he is. It's just like I'm done. Edge is Edge is like a, a Bray Wyatt like where you can tell he thinks way too much. Yeah. And it just like his mind is everywhere trying to make it perfect when it's like, dude, you don't have to. Like you're all it's already good. Just fucking you're like it's a channel. And I think that's why, like, because we've heard a lot of people like Edge is even when he wasn't on TV, has been backstage a lot and working with people. He has such a good mind for wrestling that I'm assuming when he does hang it up, he's gonna be involved in the company, whether it's part-time or full-time working with people, because like in terms of psychology. He's one of the greatest of all time. The problem is, is like he needs collaboration because him on his own, it's like Bray. It's just like idea of fucking soup and you get lost in the soup because he can't fucking channel it because he's just thinking about too much. So yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. But at the end of the day, like this is the edge fa fa finale tour this right. year. So I'm just one of those things where I'm just trying to enjoy it because I think edge has a lot to offer. A lot of these uh, individuals had a lot of good, couple more good moments to give us. So but yeah, I'm glad Beth was there to kind of like whoosh, he, rein him in a little bit. He made a Jamiroquai reference, and I went, I mean, I knew it. But then I was At least like, he told us to Google he, he it. He said, Google it, kids. And I, I thought to myself, you you already know you made a reference that, I mean, pop meat kettle because of me. But I mean, you know, at least I know when I say it, no one's listening. But him, he had 16,000 people in the palm of his hand, and he throws out a Jamiroquai uh, reference. And I went like, I know what it is. And it was hysterical. But then I thought, like, you 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 purposely said this thing that you thought was funny 
Yet you knew at least 14,000 of those fans had no fucking idea who you're talking about. He's old, man. He's No, he's in his 50s, like, and I get that. Me? But God damn it, like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to shit on him because I do like him, like, in the ring. And I do think he's, he's very overqualified to do what he's doing. The other thing I thought about, too, was I don't think he's done until Cody Rhodes and, and Edge tie up at least once. I don't. I think oh, they're, no, sure. they're going to have like, something. He kind of, he said last SummerSlam was a poster. That's when he said he think he has a year left. So like, yeah. that's kind of like the date, but I could see extend a little beyond that. But yeah, um, especially if Cody Rhodes is champ, like, I mean, that could come sooner rather than later coming out of WrestleMania, especially if Edge and Finn go one-on-one. Edge is probably going to win that. So probably. That would, uh, that would boost him up the boost cards. Boost him yeah, up no, the, uh, the power rankings of JC that have been missing for years. That feud will happen, and I hope to God is fucking heel edge because, like, man, I just I, I don't I think want so. One more, like they gave us a little taste with Judgment Day, but that wasn't the right avenue, so they turned it back. But it's just like I just need a little. A little All right. Nibble. Anything else that you? Anything else you think is positive? Uh yeah. Uh so uh it was the rest for me was matches. Like I talked okay. about I really enjoyed Priest Dawkins. They gave it a ton of time. I thought it was great for Dawkins, even though it didn't win. I thought he shined. Um, him and Priest are a good matchup because it was more of like that power on power. And obviously I loved I loved Montez qualifying too because I think he's gonna give us moments in that chamber. And I think now like you have the seed that you've been asking for for like 10 years where Montez got something and Dawkins didn't. How does it work? I'm sure they'll do a segment next week and Dawkins is going to be super excited for him, but we might get like a little taste, a little nibble of that side eye. And I know that's what you want because you've yeah. been fucking asking for it for two years because you love breaking up people. I do. I think breaking up is hard to do. That's a, that's a reference that nobody's going to get, but that's okay. I mean, we all get it. It's just lame as fuck. Okay. Just like me. Anyway, uh, something that else that I was very excited for, uh, that way I can wake up Joe, the backcracker. Uh, Maximum male models officially on Raw. I was very excited to see this. Then, of course, they had Karen come in and do her thing, which I think she's doing. Oh. A, I think she's doing a very good job, honestly. Nestle, I am all in on this Chelsea Green character because this is like what? Because here's the thing: Triple H has brought back all the great NXT women's wrestlers, and they're all. I think a lot of them, their specialty is wrestling in terms of character. You, especially on Monday Night Raw, to make all these baby face wrestlers that you brought back better. You need someone like a Chelsea Green for a simple feud to kind of like give someone a little push. And also like she'll get herself over in the meantime. But she is just she is something that they don't really have in terms of a character right now in the women's division where it's just like that mid card like character that is annoying as fuck that people are going to hate that you can put her with anyone and it is going to work. And it's just like. I'm all in, man, because I think I think it's just they're giving us just enough of her, just enough of her, and feeding her to Oscar was the perfect thing on Monday. And having like I love that like quick little match. Like I don't even know if it was a job alert because she took about two minutes to go to each individual person in that chamber and talk shit. She was. I love she, that. She was I'm a like, job There's alert. a feud. There's a feud. There's a feud. There's a feud. It's like they set it all up, and it's something fresh. It's someone new. It's someone that hasn't interacted with pretty much any of these women at all, except for maybe a little taste in NXT. And I think that's exciting for a raw women's division that has been pretty stale until recently. And our boy Aaron agrees. Karen's gimmick's going to be great. 100. So I, I tend to agree. The other thing that I wanted to, sh to shout out was she had not one segment, not two segments, three segments. So even if she had a job alert, don't matter. Like she, collective, matter. she collectively had at least six minutes on TV. You know what I mean? Like multiple segments means this is fun and they like it. So they're going to continue with it. And I, the other thing I thought about was, so we, I guess we can parlay this or roll this into Carmella yeah. winning the Fatal 4-Way. Uh, that seemed like a slam dunk the way they were presenting her last week. But now I'm looking at it like, okay, we get to the Elimination Chamber. In my opinion, there's only three women in that match. Liv, 
Carmella and Asuka that really can even be headlining-ish against Bianca Belair. I don't I think, see the other I think three. Raquel has more of a... I think, honestly, Raquel's the second favorite for me. I don't. I, Just I, because I, I in terms of on, like... I put money on Asuka right now. Well, I mean, you know, 100%. I told you, the minute they made this match, like, before they even made this match, since, uh, it appears, since they already did Bliss, Bianca, and uh, Bianca and Asuka haven't done anything yet. Like, that's the Mania match. That's what it's going to be. But if they were to do a swerve, I think Raquel's the other one that you would do because we haven't really seen Bianca and Ra Raquel, and Raquel physically matches up. I would all be for Bianca Live as well, but I don't think they're doing that at WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah, no, it's 100% going to be Asuka, but I think it just in terms of, I mean, none of, we know why Italia's in there. She'll make people look good and she's Natalia. So you got to put her in there. And then Carmella, she's returning. It's a good place for her to showcase herself. I believe she's been in the elimination chamber before. So she's one of those they can sell with the experience. But I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's Oscar is probably a 95% winner. I would give fucking 3% Raquel, 1% to live in Carmella, zero for the other two. It's just weird the way they, they, they were like, Gawk, I mean, obviously, Corey's gawking over his wife, but no. it's just the way that they all presented Carmella made me go, could Carmella? Like, I like asking that question. I like being able to be like, I'm not necessarily 100% sure, but Asuka's just like a buzzsaw, so... Asuka it's a new Asuka. Asuka's a big name. Yeah. Asuka is someone they know the crowd loves. Asuka and Bianca would be a fucking phenomenal The match. problem... So it's... The problem I'm match. going to have with this is if it's mutual admiration nonsense, I'm going to be pissed. If... If... If Oscar turns heel, I'm that's money. I'm I think that's money. I mean, she might. This new character is supposed to be like the darker version of Oscar, right. quote unquote. So even if she isn't a full heel, I expect her to fucking be an asshole and a badass, like like we know she can. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I yeah. just wanted to make sure that we had that conversation. Um, anything else, or you want to get a heady? I mean, I know you're gonna transition off this, but <laughs> I I'm gonna say it because I think it's fucking true, and the crowd will tell you it's true, and most of the things I see are true. If like we fucking we get upset with hodgepodge tag teams, but Braun and Ricochet are fucking fun, man. You got big, little fucking speed and size, just like they're just two of the more guys that get crowd reactions for different reasons. Like they're a fun tag team. They're a good one-off for the Usos. They are just like people that guys that deserve to be on TV, and you know it's just like they won. They're the number one contenders again in the match on Friday. I thought their match was fun uh, with uh, Imperium, and I think they're going to have a damn fun match with the Usos. So I'm excited for that. I know you just like hate tag team wrestling. So that's not that's it. not true at all. I like, I just love traditional tag teams and good tag yeah. teams. So that's wrestle, at some point, every tag team has to have a beginning. I understand that. But we you hated Sheamus and Cesaro at first too. What did the bar become? The bar became one of our favorite tag teams of the last day. You should so. beat some tomato cans, not be thrusted into a fucking tag team but tournament halfway through the tournament okay. no, no, no. and here's then the beat all the best tag teams. No. No, here's why the tomato can thing is dumb. Braun Strowman won the tag titles with a fucking child. Like we know. Well, we Braun know that WWE Braun does Strowman, not care no, no. about the tag, tag team wrestling. Is like, it's two on two. A tag team match with Braun Strowman is fucking three on two because Braun counts double because he's fucking huge. And Ricochet's a stud. He's a multi-time fucking champion. He's a fucking man. Eh. They're a fun. They are the perfect babyface combination because it's like in the ring, out of the ring, these guys get reactions. They're great. And right. It's perfect. It's going to get the Usos more heat. All right. Before we get completely negative, I do want to say this thing that is very compelling for Friday, at least. So it's the Usos defending the SmackDown championships against those bald and beautiful bastards. And then... Do we, we know if Jay. Jay shows up? Is Solo going to be a substitute? Or do we do something that I would love to see? I'll, I'll blow this ridiculously stupid hope right now. I would love to see Jimmy go out there by himself, try to win, 
Jay comes in last minute, tags Splash, and leaves. Doesn't say a fucking word to anybody. I would sell. love that. It's a tough sell for Jimmy to survive against fucking. No, Brian. I That's know, terrible. but but just the idea of like Jimmy walking in by himself and then not knowing it, like looking back at the entrance, like is he is he fucking here? Like what's going on? And then Jay just comes in, tags Splash on Ricochet because you can't have Braun lose his little in you know, a little Usos, but. I think that's compelling television. Then he just walks by the tribal chief and doesn't say a goddamn word. Well, that's the thing for me is I think it's one of those things like he's not going to be there all night and there will be this storyline throughout the night. Like, oh, my God, where's Jay and where's Jay and whatever. And Jimmy's going to go out there. But I think Jay will come out, do his business. And then after the match, when Jimmy goes to like hug him, maybe he just walks away and he walks out on them again. It's one of those things because it's just like either way, like you said, it's compelling because we don't know what they're going to do. But like. This is, again, this is part of the bigger bloodline story, which, like, it, it's bigger than Jey Uso, it's bigger than Sami Zayn, it's bigger than Roman Reigns, because it's everyone involved. And uh, this is a big check mark heading to Elimination Chamber, because last we saw, Jay didn't take anyone's side, but he didn't take the side of his family, the biggest part. Even if he isn't, quote-unquote, siding with Sami, he didn't side with Roman either. And so that is, it's huge. And that's why this is fucking super compelling. And I mean, it's one of those things like the, the biggest issue I've had if we want to go to the heat with this feud is that first it was an, the tournament was announced the number one contender for the SmackDown tag team titles. Then the graphic last week during the show had the split title like it was for the Undisputed Championship in this match. But then on Monday on the graphic, it was just the SmackDown tag team titles on the shoulders of the Usos and in the background. And it just said WWE Tag Team Championship. So what is it? I just that's like exactly what the fuck is it? And I, they might not know because it's one of those things. It's like. Because the biggest thing to me with the Usos is if you're going to have them lose one set of titles, I wanted it to be the Raw ones because they've had the SmackDown ones like like a year and a half longer. Like they've had those things like three years, it feels like. I don't know what the exact day is. I think it's a little over two years. But it's like they've held the SmackDown tag team titles that long. So if they were to lose that ones and not the Raw ones, like does that cheapen it at all for you? Or like it just it's because I could see it like that. That could be part of the storyline, too, is that fucking Braun and Ricochet take a set like they take advantage of it. So I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. But that's what I think is cool about this feud is like I can see about 30 different avenues they can go. The problem I have is that we're in WrestleMania season, which means they have to shoehorn in Braun and and Ricochet into something because they're just so good. They need something. You know what I mean? And they can't get Logan Paul versus Ricochet because Logan Paul is going to face Seth Rollins, and that's fine. But then, you know, like, Braun Strowman's too much of a Braun Strowman to not leave him on a fucking poster. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, just look at that fucking guy. You know, Both like, those guys will have a spot, whether it's as a tag team or if they do a multi-man fucking IC title match or something. Like, these guys, like you said, they'll have a spot. All right. This could be all right now. So now that we've got the heat in here, get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. There's a lot going on here. I, I, uh... I don't know where to start specifically, so I'm just going to look directly down at, at all this notes that I have. Uh, I don't understand the Brutes versus the Vikings and then having Mac and Sheamus come out afterwards. Like, are we really going to waste a WrestleMania where it's Sheamus, who's up there in age, and Mac? Like, I'm like, we, you know, Full disclosure, we're not really big Mac guys. We see his purpose. We understand why he's there. He's a top guy. He will never be the top guy. That's right. my opinion. Yeah. And I, but I think, like, putting him in a tag team, and Sheamus, like, it's a disservice to both men, and it's just, I kind of want to see it end. And I, and I, I, the weird connection of, like, he's part of the Brawling Brutes, but he's part of the McIntyre thing with the bangers, and I just, I don't, it's just weird to me. Like, I, I think it's odd. Like, if they're a faction of four people, that's fine. But, I don't think they are. I think it's still the three, and then McIntyre's right. It's just it's just weird disconnect for me as a as a viewer. Like I don't understand it. 
They don't do a good enough job. They don't have enough time on SmackDown. They just don't. So I just don't think they know either. Because it's one of those, I think, so I think for me, I think it's one of those things like, if it's Gunther and Brock, then it's fucking Gunther and Brock. Right. Like, brother, like, you know what I mean? That means, I think either way, I think these two guys are involved in the IC title, whether it's at WrestleMania, maybe they do a triple threat or they do a six man or whatever. Or it's one of those things where they do that triple threat maybe before, maybe on a SmackDown after Elimination Chamber with Gunther and one of these guys wins and then Sheamus and McIntyre is one-on-one at Mania or something like that for the IC title because Gunther's facing Brock. Like it's, it's a lot of it. It's, I think it depends on that because I would be surprised if they were, if it was them and the Vikings at WrestleMania. Woof. I don't think they're doing that because a long ways away to build this fucking match, especially when I think they already beat them in the first round of the tournament. But it just like, it feels like maybe they're sacrificing the break Vikings to prop them up because Maybe it's like a, there, there's going to be like a fatal four way tag team match. Maybe Braun Ricochet win it, and maybe Sheamus and McIntyre are part of that match. Like, which I do, not love. I do not love. I don't want Sheamus and McIntyre. Yes, they work as a tag team, but all this tag team I think has done is devalue. Like as you mentioned, the actual tag team, the Brawling Brutes. Like we talk about, this is something that is crazy that I never thought that I would say. But Butch was presented so much better under Vince than he has been Triple H. Like it just like he's become the forgotten thing. Him and Reg have both been forgotten guys in this. Just like they've been like sacrificial lambs for Sheamus and Drew, as opposed to Sheamus bringing them up with him, like when Vince was around. So, which is crazy to say because we know Pete Dunn's a Triple H guy, but it's just that's just an observation. It's obviously not intentional. It's just it's just what's happened, and it's whatever. It's like obviously like they're gonna be fine long term, I think. But it just it's it's interesting. But yeah, no, I think it's a lot of murkiness, but. I think them by having Brock and Bobby, as we talked about earlier at Elimination Chamber, that means Brock is probably open for WrestleMania and they teased it in the Rumble. So if it isn't now, it's going to be down the line, but maybe it is now. Maybe it is Brock Gunther. And I think whether it is or not, like these guys are involved in the IC title picture. So I don't know. Maybe this is the device to kind of set some dissension with them. I don't know, but we'll see. Okay, that's fair. It's it's very odd. It's, it, like I said, it, it doesn't make sense to me on a television level, but... You know, who, what do I know? What do I know? Uh, moving on to something that I thought was kind of the drizzling shits. The cage match was a main event. I mean, come on. What, like, what, what did you expect? No, I know. I mean. The fucking cage match, and it's a cage match where you can escape. So, more, yeah, a blood feud, but you can win by walking out a door. Yep, great. Not a blood feud then. Fuck off. It was tough. It was tough. I mean, I, I commend both people for doing what they could. Yeah, they tried. You know, but I just, I just don't give a fuck about this feud either. No, I mean, I don't give a fuck about damage control. I don't give a fuck about Becky Lynch right now. It's just, it's just. What tough. about, what about Lita? Lita came out and saved Becky. Her idol saved her, and we're probably gonna get some sort of a tag. I mean, look, I'll say it's, this. No, no, it, no I, I just, I will it's say something this for Becky that's a big deal, right? Which is like she's obviously not gonna be involved in a title picture, and it's, and if Bailey's involved, it makes this a big deal for her. And if they involve Trish, like it's cool on a level, and something that that fans will love. I just. The story hasn't been good, and it just this kind of feels like I don't know. It just it's not it's it's not going to be something at the top of my interest level, whether it's at Chamber or Mania. I think the it's Chamber gonna, card is fucking loaded too. No, the other thing I just thought of, like now that you said that, right? That it's that it's already loaded. What if it's Trish? The, like we talked about before, it is Trish, Lita, and and Becky against Damage Control because it is in Canada. Trish Stratus, Canada Slam Dunk, right? Like that seems yeah. like a normal layup there. So, and thank God. That we would blow that on fucking on Elimination Chamber than we would at WrestleMania. It's opinion. just interesting because at Elimination Chamber, we have the two Elimination Chambers matches, which yep. will be long. We have Sammy and Roman, which is going to be very long. We have Edge and Beth versus Finn and Rhea. I've never seen a short Edge match. So that's going to be long. <laughs> Rock and Bobby doesn't need to be long, but that we're already looking at five things right there where four of them are going to be long. And there might be something else added here. So it just maybe this is it. 
Maybe. Maybe this is what is added. Um, Maybe. because it doesn't it doesn't appear Bianca or Charlotte will be defending their titles at Elimination Chamber, but Bianca Belair yeah. has become like the win. She's just waiting. Yeah, it's enough, she's just waiting. It's one of those things. It's like, and I saw things last week. Remember they advertised her for the show and she was never on, and people were fucking apparently really pissed in the arena. And like I guess Bianca like met up with people after, but it's just like it's one of those things. It's like Bianca's beaten everyone except for Asuka. So they're setting up Asuka, but it's just like they have a pay-per-view to fill before. Bianca's just waiting. You know, she's waiting. It's in the spot. Like, she's literally beating everyone. And so she's literally just waiting. It sucks, but it's one of those things that's like, they know Bianca's going to be fine. So they're like, oh, yeah, we can we can sacrifice her being at the forefront because when we get to WrestleMania, she'll be at the forefront and people love her, so it doesn't matter. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, Charlotte's kind of the same way. She beat Sonya this week, whatever. Like, Sonya, it was a decent match. I did not enjoy it, but it's just like, Rhea picked Charlotte, so Charlotte's just kind of waiting until WrestleMania as well. It's just, it's weird that... Because Roman's the guy who usually is waiting. He's the one having to defend to settle for WrestleMania and not the other two champions. So it is kind of interesting. Our boy, the Joe Stopper, says Sammy and Roman doesn't necessarily have to be long. You're telling me between the entrances how over Sammy's going to be and all the fucking gaga and chicanery that's going to happen that that isn't going to be fucking long. It is going to be so long. It's cinema, baby. So cinema. Yeah, can exactly. Take, it's a movie. It's, it's a not about an actual match. Special is what it is. But you know, Roman's gonna want to have an actual match with Sammy uh, too yeah. around this shit. So it's like you're not. It's not just a match. Like the match itself, they'll probably fifteen to twenty minutes. But the entrances, the bullshit, whatever happens is, after, it's just like this thing could be forty-five minutes. I think the crowd is going to fucking make this very much like the Rock and and it's Hulk be Hogan. Fucking it's awesome. Just them staring for four minutes at each other. You know what I mean? Like that's. That's one of those things where you will you will remember like you remember Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania because it was WrestleMania. You know where you were. I think you will remember where you were for this matchup. Like I and am, that's my that's I'm my excited. big thing with this with people being upset like oh Sammy like the the faction of people who want it to be saying WrestleMania. It's like you do, what do you think is bigger? Like you can say WrestleMania is bigger because WrestleMania, but Sammy is going for the title in his hometown off of one of the best stories ever. And as Roman said, I want to kill you in front of your family and embarrass you like you, like you did me. Like, that is fucking, like, it's monumental. That is, again, why I said it is so cool right now how we have these two fucking stories with two contenders. And they're both fucking amazing. Sammy's is so amazing. And they found it perfectly. Like, it's in his fucking hometown. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Heaney, or you want to get uh, hopeful? Um, I mean, the last thing I have to mention is... I mean, maybe I could turn it into a hope. I guess I'll turn it into a hope. I don't know how I'm going to turn it into a hope because I'm really depressed. Glorious! You're my only hope. Um, he, Baron Corbin's being treated like fucking the jobber again. He gets thrown out in the Royal Rumble easily. He fucking lost clean to Dexter fucking Loomis. Like, Not a jobber alert, though. Oh, wait. I mean, it was almost. Almost. It was almost. It's just it's one of the, and again, like, whatever. Like, I get it. It's part of the story. And here's the thing. I love Sad Sack Corbin. But if it's the same as it was before, it can't be as good as before because it won't be as natural. So it's like this needs to be different, but the same in the same way. And I saw you actually like asking a, a question on Twitter. I saw it before we get on. I was trying to do my prep for NXT and AW and all the nonsense they have this week. Um, you said, can Corbin be an effective babyface? And it's one of those things where obviously like I put him in the Miz category where like, yes, there can, like we saw with the Miz, he had that great run. We even seen with Corbin, he was sat at Corbin. Like he was a baby face for a very short amount of time, despite being fucking an asshole. It's just like that happens naturally sometimes, but it's just like, it's hard for me because 
even though like I never think Corbin needed JBL, but I thought it was exciting because I'm like, they're giving a guy treatment who I already think is a main eventer. And everyone who gets in the ring with him agrees that he is a main eventer, but it just like JBL could be that thing that could really cement him there and put him up there in the post Roman reigns era as once again, put him as a top heel and potentially win a world championship in the next calendar year. But now you have had this and instead they've just fucking done what they've done before and destroyed him. And now he's like dead in the water again, which again, we loved sad sack Corbin and Corbin. We know Corbin's one of the most chameleon guys they have, whatever they fucking give him, he rolls with it. And that's part of the reason why I've always liked him. I think he's a stud, but to say that I'm not like a little worried would be a lie. But again, it is WrestleMania season. He clearly has some sort of story. I just don't know. Like, who's the guy that's bouncing off of Corbin in this scenario? You know what I mean? We've already seen the McAfee one. They've done that. and It was really good. But if without that type of guy, like, I guess this is kind of like an open hope. I'm asking you for your help to make me have hope for my boy Baron Corbin. We've never done this before. This is an interesting, I think, exercise to do. It's like, Nestlemania, I want you to help me. Give me hope. Like, what can we do for Baron Corbin to make me buy into this as a big Corbin guy who doesn't necessarily see an end game that he loves? Like, is there a match that would involve that would get us there? Or what do you think? I would, you know, so I know you're not going to like this. I'm going to get this out of the way first before I try to make you feel better. When I saw that promo backstage after he lost, I went, are we getting fucking Corbin versus JBL at WrestleMania? Like, is JBL that wrestling? No, I know. That man, that man looks like, you know, probably like just awful in, in his tights, but like, is there anyone that's, well, I guess that's kind of like what I'm asking is like, there's someone linked to JBL, right? That makes sense that he can wrestle. That works. I'm just I don't trying think to, it's JBL. No, I know. But I, that, that made me think like JBL could do a one-off if he wanted to, but more likely what will end up happening here is that JBL will end up introducing his real modern day wrestling God. And as I'm trying to like go through in my head, like who could they fucking put in here? I'm having a really tough time thinking about well, who's on raw, but there's, there was one name that popped in my head. This obviously makes it a lower level, but it'd be a great way for this other guy to debut. There's someone who's literally had an entire gimmick in NXT. That was money. Right. Cameron Grimes. We right. haven't seen him in a while. I I mean, him and JBL be interesting, but we also saw him with the Million Dollar Man. Is that something? But the other thing that just popped in my head, there was another guy involved in that feud. There you go. That was, was sacrificed be- with fucking highlighters. And this might make me excited. Is that at WrestleMania, it is LA Knight with Baron Cor- with uh, JBL versus Baron Corbin, who's like a pseudo sad sack babyface? I might buy into that. Right. I might buy into that. And Maybe I think that was where I was going. Maybe Grimes involved too. I don't fucking know. That was I where I was going because LA Knight to me is the only one that I could think of that had that lineage that could talk his way out of something. Yeah. And have, yeah. Let me talk to you. You know, it's just like whatever. And I think that that to me is the only thing I could think of going forward. Like unless, unless, and I know you're not going to like this either. This would be my hope just because I, I think that there's something here, right? If he's down in the dumps if he somehow is the Bray Wyatt kind of thing where he goes like he, he, he goes on the lone wolf. Like he goes back to the lone wolf thing with like the big bad wolf and all that shit. I think if Bray Wyatt talks to him in a certain way, he can eventually just, you know, consume him and make him dark and whatever. Cause that's the one thing about Corbin. I've always thought about like when he first debuted, yeah, obviously he, we made fun of him for obvious reasons, but then he, you know, he turned it on and he did a great job. He kind of stopped being a badass a long time ago and was like oh, the yeah. constant clown forever. But 
when he's a badass, I you believe it. So when I look at Bray Wyatt, I think I I would and you made a really good point. This would be my hope that he is a chameleon and Bray needs people that he can beat that are going to be okay and people do change after, you know, dealing with Bray Wyatt. And I'm I mean obviously you can say Uncle Howdy versus Bray Wyatt is what's going to happen at uh, at WrestleMania, but everybody's going to hate that. Everybody's going to boo the shit out of that, right? But at least with Corbin, I'm looking at it like it could be compelling television because they're always trying to metamorphosize something with the person he's he has as an opponent. So this is a perfect this is a perfect transition, a perfect on ramp to get Corbin back to the promised land if he just takes a big L at WrestleMania against Bray Wyatt. I'm okay with it because there's there's a sense of realism now with Bray Wyatt. It doesn't have to be fucking hokey dokey all the time. You know what I mean? Like or yowie wowie. It can be just Bray Wyatt and then you know. Something happening here. But I but I, I tend to agree that LA Knight seems like the more realistic view of what we're gonna get. But I, I think I'm I'm as a Bray Wyatt fan, I'm consumed with the idea, please don't give me Uncle Howdy. Just anybody but Uncle Howdy. I'm okay with 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 Corbin and Bray Wyatt. What about Bray Wyatt carrying cross? You fucking asshole. <laughs> You no, are but I mean this is about I, I had to get my pot shot in, but I no, I do. That was helpful because it's like I kind of got to where you were thinking before you even got there, which is kind of why I want to do this exercise because it's something that the I was like I was upset last when I mean the way he lost to Gargano, and then at the Rumble I was like, oh man, they're doing something here. And then obviously on Monday they ripped the Band-Aid off and they had JBL fucking pretty much spit on his carcass. So just as a Corbin guy who thought this was gonna already be a revitalization thing. For them to cash out the chips, so to speak, to make the fucking poker references, they've done a million of those mm-hmm. segments. I just, I was one of those things that as we were talking and as we went through the show and I was like, it's one of those things that like, it's heat for me because I'm sad as a fan, but at the same time, like, I know they're doing something with him. I just couldn't see it. So I'm glad we marketed away in that like, if it is an LA night type of thing, like, I think that'd be cool. And I think it'd be a big thing for LA night kind of be like, thank for you for what you did with Bray Wyatt, sacrificing your soul as a highlighter. Um, here's a WrestleMania feud with Baron Corbin. Like that's, I think that'd be a, a win-win for both guys, and it would be something low on the card. It probably wouldn't be given a ton of time, but it would be a WrestleMania match, and uh, I would be for it. So hashtag JC Nodes, hashtag JC Hopes come true. Oh, our boy Joe Pollock slides in with since Waller took an L, could it be Corbin versus Breaker? Oh man, on the WrestleMania card? I mean, or maybe the, I, this is this is my one point of contention about NXT Stand and Deliver. It's on Saturday, this day one of WrestleMania at one o'clock. You're they gonna did that fucking last tell, year too, didn't they? You're gonna fucking tell me that I'm gonna I don't, I'm not gonna have enough time to watch all this shit. They, I, just I not. think they did the same thing last year. That's I can't do this. I, I like I understand that it's a big week and they're doing the fucking the Hall of Fame and the, the, the SmackDown and all this shit. But goddamn it, like. Well, I think it's one of those things. It's like it's an event because I think there are a lot of people that the whole weekend just want to have wrestling. on. Yeah. So it's like even if you're not watching all the time, you can just have it on as you're doing other things during the day. If you're around, if not, you go back and watch it, obviously. But I think I mean. Granted, you could do it the Friday night before, like they, but it's like you said, it's the Hall of Fame. So that's what's kind of tough. But I think they did the same thing last year, and I don't hate it. But, it, I mean, that card's going to be fucking awesome because we know it's going to be Breaker Mellow as the headline. We're probably going to have either – we're probably going to have either Roxanne and Cora or Roxanne and Stratton or maybe all three. It's just like – Dijak Broken Finger with Tony D. Right. <sighs> That'll probably be a match. Uh, Wesley will probably be in a six-person ladder match because that's what they do with that title at all the big events. Uh, we're probably going to have fucking uh, your favorite tag team taking on the Gallus Boys, the Creed Brothers. Uh, and then uh, the women's tag titles, we have new champs, like we'll talk about in a little bit. But, I mean, that's WrestleMania is going to be a fun weekend, man. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited. 
as someone that doesn't have a lot of time, free time to do well, time is money. It's the same thing for me, but it's one of those things. It's like, <sighs> you know, put on the background and then the next day, if I have some more free time, I'll rewatch the stuff I couldn't see. It's just like it is. But there are some it's people exhausting. that want, want it to be an entire weekend and that's what they can. It's have. exhausting. You have yeah, to admit it's it exhausting, but that's because we, we pretty much like we, we try to watch quote everything. unquote as analysts. Yeah. And we try to see everything like the week to week is exhausting. That's so many. I, to put in perspective, my day yesterday, fucking, I work a fucking lawn shift to work. I come home. All I want to do is go to bed so I can wake up and be productive and get ready for my next day of work. But I have to, for the podcast, I have to watch Raw, but I don't want to just fucking fast forward through all Raw because I want to be able to intelligently talk about it. So I have to pay attention to it. I sometimes half fall asleep on my couch. That's why a lot of times the main event, I get fucking something like Becky and Bailey. I'm fucking falling asleep because I don't give a fuck about it. So it's just like, yeah, it's exhausting week to week for me. For at least WrestleMania, with all the good shit going on, like, can power through, baby. Power through. All right, I think we're good. Uh, we did our our hopes here. Co hope. I thought that was kind of co hope. Cool. That was an alley oop yeah. of a hope, maybe a little yeah. bit. I assisted. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, we were on a team for once. That was great. Uh, now we're gonna go back to things that are normal. Uh, my comeback goes to. I can't spell. So Carmella. I was gonna do F A B. I can't. F A B U L O U S. I'm too tired to spell. I am excited to see her. I'm excited that they're presenting her like a big deal. I like the orange and the snakeskin. I mean, orange is my color, but God damn it, was that fun. Uh, but I just thought that she did a great job with it. And obviously, Corey was a homer for her. But it was just, it was so much more fun to see her because she's been gone for seven months. You kind of forget, like, how, like, she is a utility player. She may not necessarily be the, you know, the person on top. I think she's very good and very underrated. And I think, I think she deserves, she deserves the spot that she's in and she deserves a lot more. And the other thing that I thought was very interesting going forward was, I can see Carmella being paired with somebody, not right now, but I can see her being paired with somebody in the tag team division that could Zelina, really work. we've seen it. No, but I mean, like, I want to see her paired with somebody, like, that would actually work. Because that one did not work, in my opinion. I, I think I didn't, I didn't mind. I thought short term it worked. And for what they needed, it was a nice stopgap. But my biggest thing with Carmella is, like, obviously, she's as Carmella, she always kind of acts heelish. But it kind of felt like they wanted her to be a baby face. Then her entrance hit, and they booed the fuck out of her because that's how they remember her. So my biggest thing with Carmella is I'm intrigued to what they're going to do with her character. Because I know Mella is money. I know, like you said, she's a plug and play. We've seen it throughout her career. I thought she had one of the best one-off championship reigns of all time. Like that short little run where she had the money in the bank. Like that was, I thought it was amazing. The whole story with her winning money in the bank with the fucking piece of shit that she did it with and all that stuff. Like it was all so good. And then I thought she had some really good matches with Charlotte uh, during that reign. Uh, she actually beat Charlotte clean, I believe, at SummerSlam too, which I think was fucking huge. Uh, her promos can be top notch. She's serviceable in the rain. I'm not going to say she's great, but I also don't think she's bad. I think she's fine. I think someone's gotten better. But, yeah, she's someone important to have on the roster. I don't want to call her like a female Dolph Ziggler or Miz because I don't think she's that level. But in the women's division, she's that type of player that no matter where you put her, she'll make the most of it, and it'll probably enhance whoever she's with. Okay. My comeback, though, is going to fucking Brock Lesnar, dude. He comes out all Southern Twain Brock, like, cracking his jokes. We're like, I just want to hunt and do shit. And uh, but it's one of those things, like, the reason why I'm giving him my comeback is because for eternity, he's been with Paul Heyman. And Lesnar has a couple things. He mostly just stands there and laughs or looks tough and bounces around or fucking plays a guitar on a Money in the Bank briefcase, wears a fucking cowboy hat. But we've seen in the post-Heyman world that he has to kind of stand on his own feet. But... A lot of the times in those segments, he was going against Paul Heyman, so he didn't have to work that hard. And even the last times he was facing Lashley some of the time, MVP was involved for some of it. So he still didn't have to do a lot of the work. But like we mentioned with this, when we talked about this earlier, this was Brock Lesnar on his own two feet 
And Lashley, too, two guys that historically have always kind of felt like they were way better with managers. But right now they're not. Brock, in his own way, cut a very effective baby face, like happy-go-lucky promo. If anybody else cut that promo, we would shit all over it because it would be actual shit. But knowing what we know about Brock Lesnar, it fucking fit who he is and what he is. And that little bit of goof and whatever mixed with him, it works because we know Brock Lesnar's a badass. So he gets my comeback. It's cool to see him. And this is why I think Elimination Chamber is this is the best presentation I think we've ever had in this pay-per-view. Because where it has been for like the last decade, it just felt like, like, a, like a serving spoon for WrestleMania. This card is fucking loaded. And the fact that you have Brock Lesnar in a solo match with it, you have a Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn storyline, you have fucking Beth returning with Edge in a fucking mixed tag, never mind the two chamber matches. Like, this is one of the more loaded pay per views you can possibly have. And I think that's fucking cool. Before we get into the big finish, I just want to say we don't have to talk about it, but I, I, for me, the United States chamber match is great because I'm looking at it going, well, which one is Triple H going to love more? There could be plenty. It, they're it's, all, it they're all is, favorites. So when they show that graphic, especially once they put Montez in, it made me think of like someone was playing a WWE 2K uh, video game and just fucking randomized uh, like who would be in the match. Because I'm looking at him like, well, you have Montez in a tag team. It's kind of random. Bronson Reed, who's literally done nothing. Gargano, who's coming off an injury, really hasn't done much. Damian Priest, who's like we know is good, but it's like he hasn't been the most featured member of the uh, Judgment Day. And then it's headlined by Theory and Seth. We know Seth isn't winning. Theory doesn't need to win. So that means one of those other four, realistically, will be United States champion heading to WrestleMania. And that is interesting. So I agree. I, I mean, I, I, I would I would puke if it's Bronson Reed, but... It won't be Bronson Reed. But, they, but you know, Priest, Gargano... If you put a gun to my head right now yeah. and ask me who I think is going to win, Johnny Gargano. Well, yeah, because it's... Because it's in Canada where he always gets a big pop. And then they could have someone return at WrestleMania and face uh, him and start that. I think it'd be more likely I could see something involving the Miz and some other guys because um, that would kind of give you, like, take care of your raw mid-card. But, yeah, I just... A Gargano six-man ladder match at WrestleMania with him as the champion, I I could see that. I could see... I see, The thing is, is I can see Priest winning and then Gargano maybe being in the ladder match and then, and then winning. winning. Yeah, yeah, I could see Matt that. Matt Cardona in it, as yeah, Zack exactly. Ryder did with exactly. the Miz, which was such a cool moment way yeah. back when. Yeah. We pushed him off. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into the big old finish because we got a lot to talk about. We got to get out of here. Yeah, we can rock your at Fire uh, Smackdown and Rock because we already hinted at it. But uh, Usos versus Rico Roar. Rico Roar? Is that what you Rick just said? Rico Roar. Who you got? I mean, Rico Roar would make me think that it's definitely the Usos for sure. I think the Usos win, but I'm curious about it. We also have, and this is something that I literally forgot about until I just read it. Uh, we have a number one contender match in WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. Booyaka, Booyaka, 619, Rey Mysterio takes on Mad Cat Moss, takes on Karrion Cross, and takes on Santos Escobar. Um, I think this feels like a Santos win, and then he just like loses to Gunther at some point along the way here, but uh, I'm curious your take. What if, you ready for this? Yep. Rey Mysterio wins, and yep. Dom beats him at WrestleMania. I mean, you know them all for I that, mean, they I mean, they don't, they don't need a title. So no, but I know, I know. But what if, if you made me a list if, of feuds for WrestleMania? No, this doesn't that one it. does not need a title. No, I know. And I want Sheamus to be winning that at some point very quickly. But the only thing I could think of is like Santos is better, but God damn it. But you know what? I just realized if, if they do, if they do do Gunther and Braun at WrestleMania, Gunther's losing that title. So that means the winner of this match is probably intercontinental champion heading to WrestleMania. We just kind of ruled out Ray. Um, 
And then I don't think Madcap will get it because he has no momentum. So it's Cross or Santos. Who is more likely to uh, carry a title into WrestleMania? They're going to give it to Cross. That just dawned on me too. And I'm really Cross cool will probably Santos. give Gunther his worst match of his career, but uh, for someone, it'll probably be Cross's best match of his career. Though. I hope. I hope to yeah, Christ. I'm beginning to think. I hope to Christ that Gunther just slaps the shit out of Cross, wakes him the fuck up, and we see something we've never seen, and we end up enjoying it. Like, because uh, at this point, wake the fuck up or get out. That's what I want. I'd rather watch Gunther take that that fist and give Scarlett. A well, yeah. We would all like that, but that's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, that I that's it's interesting. Uh, I I'll still pick Santos, but I don't feel great about it. On Raw WrestleMania, we have The Miz versus Rick Boogs in a rematch. We have a six-woman tag between the elimination contestants, uh, Raw versus SmackDown. Miz TV double dipping. He is also doing Miz TV with Seth Rollins. And then we have a Brock Lashley contract signing, which um, I think one of them already signed the contract, so it's just. Brock, they're like, Brock, what do you want to do next week? Yeah, we usually do contract signings, right? And I can put them through a table. Cool. I don't know. I just, I look at this and I go, what a snooze fest this is going to be going forward to, to, to get to Elimination Chamber, personally. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of in. I think there's enough going on here. No, where I'm not in. for me. Well, you're a hater. I yep. just like that. We're getting double dose of Miz. I'm excited for that. How much uh, you want to bet it's going to be Rollins and Boogs versus The Miz and somebody else in the tag match? That's what's probably going to happen. I don't think so. I think I think they'll do Miz and Boogs again, and Boogs will beat them clean again because the Miz unfortunately is bulletproof and can fucking lose to Rick fucking Boogs. Boogs crew. <sighs> NXT. We haven't talked about Vengeance Day yet, so we'll get into that here because the only thing we uh, I think that I've seen advertised, unless they've advertised it while we're recording, is Toxic Attraction is on Ding Dong Hello with Bailey uh, tonight. But WrestleMania, we can get into Vengeance Day. I thought overall it was a fun show. Definitely not my favorite NXT event ever, but. Uh, I'm curious. We can kind of go in any order, I think. But what was your favorite part of Vengeance Day? I loved Waller. I, 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 uh, him doing the the dog pissing thing while Braun was down. <laughs> him having the chain meal in his entrance. Well, not his entrance. The backstage thing. Having the women with the golden shoe and the champagne. Like the presentation with him is fantastic. And then, of course, the media call thing afterwards was just the chef kiss. Oh. And the fact that you know Shawn Michaels was like, he's me twenty years ago, and now I'm paying for it. And I, I like. Yep. I love that little needling a little bit because he Shawn Michaels needs to pull his hair out. I mean, it's already gone, but he needs to pull the rest of it out. And I just thought Grayson Waller is the perfect anti-authority heel for Shawn Michaels. Like, I know we're never going to get Shawn Michaels versus Grayson Waller. Are we not? But because like, it literally, as you said that, I was like, because I'm looking at it. If we're doing Mellow Breaker. And I'm looking at a lot of the other top guys, unless if he's just in the ladder match and maybe wins the North American title, but it certainly feels like Waller's ready. I don't know, but I just when you see that, I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna wrestle Shawn Michaels at fucking no. WrestleMania. No the, way, no NXT fucking way, no fucking way. Delivers. No. If if it was ever gonna happen, the way they did that is just like man. And that would this would be like the only time I'd be like, it fits. Uh, but I will say this because Waller is also he's I mean he's like my favorite. He's my guy. He's been my guy since whatever. I don't know what it was. He, the fucking magnetism on him. I saw it and I've been drawn to him. He's done nothing to get better. And he was, I think everything he did was amazing. But I will say this for as amazing as Waller did, he could not, I don't know what's going on with Braun. If he had something like fucking in his personal life or whatever, but like he looked like an absolute fucking robot for most of this feud. And in that match, everything that Grayson did was amazing. But this is something that I think this is my biggest criticism of Braun is that that dude has no way of showing emotion. Like Grayson is literally putting things on a platter for him to hit out of the park. And he just like, he can't, 
Like we talk about how good someone like Randy Orton is in a reign of like selling and stuff. Braun's kind of the opposite right now where there was just, it just, I, he makes me feel nothing. And I know part of the feud was supposed to be like him not overreacting to Grayson, but it's like, you have to give it a tease. Cause that's part of it is like, if a guy is that much under your skin, like we need to see it emotionally. You can like throw, like you can like act tough and like do crazy, like physical things. But like, I need to like feel something. It's like, he felt like he had dead eyes the entire match, which is like the worst thing for a wrestler, especially a baby face when someone is fucking literally pissing on you and you're giving me nothing. So to me, like that obviously really hurt it in terms of like, it wasn't my favorite thing for as Grayson was my favorite thing. Braun was my least favorite thing. So it kind of brought it in the middle, but it just like, I've been someone who's much more patient with Braun. And I still am. Cause I still think he's going to be a big star, but this to me was like a big thing where like, if I'm someone in the back watching this, I need to sit with him and rewatch this and point out being like, this was an opportunity to maybe do something like that. Like he's someone like he needs to, it was very apparent that like, I think he took a big step back in this, this match. So I maybe to, it was a steel cage. Maybe it was a steel cage. I, I tend to know. agree with you. The other thing that I noticed was that he, his, his gait wasn't as fast. He didn't hit his power moves. Like he walked in sort of a trance. Like he, he went like half speed throughout this entire match. Like a zombie. Yeah. It was very odd. Like I, I hope he's okay. I mean, I don't wish him, you know, anything bad for the guy, but it was just like, Somebody needed to like throw some water on him or wake him up. Like there yeah, was there was just, nothing, there was no sense of urgency. It was just like going, like literally going through the motions on a premium live event is not a good look. So I it thought it was like this they was, replaced him with a robot. That's yeah, what it, it felt like to me. It was probably his worst performance I've ever seen. But Grayson Waller did head and shoulders better than everybody <laughs> That's what else. I mean, it's such a it's yeah. such a mind fuck because yeah. it was like I've you've, I've never I don't think I remember a match there was this vivid of a fucking difference in the two levels of performances. And that's like, and it hurt because man, like I think Grayson was the guy that could have brought this out in Braun. And if it just, he's just not, it's not there yet. And that's sad, but there was, I do, like I said, I thought there were other parts of the card. I enjoyed more Um, in terms of like the wrestling porn of the week, Wesley and Dijak was the fucking ultimate uh, indie AEW type match that people love with like the false finishes, the physicality, broken the finger and landing on his fucking finger, head. Yeah. But to me, it Domed. was just like, I, I think a lot of people here expected Wesley to lose. I didn't. I picked him because I thought this was like, this was a stamp you can put on Wesley. Cause it's one of those things. Like he had the moment when he won the title. It was cool, but it was like, what does this mean for Wesley going forward? Cause once he loses, just go back to being a guy. They force him in a tag team. I thought this was a nice stamp where he really showed. He's like, no, he, he can be a singles wrestler. He's not, I mean, he's, I think he's a type of guy. Like you try to compare people like to compare. He's like, obviously a high flyer cruiserweight type, but he's not ricochet, but he's a guy that I think maybe that like, could have that potential down the line to maybe like that's his spot where it's like, he'll never be a top guy, but he's a guy that always a plug and play. He can get you the reactions. Cause he's just fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I like, I'm not a big fan of die Jack, but I thought he did. He worked his ass off in this matchup. And I thought, you know, this, it was just a physical like barn burner fucking potato match. They beat the shit out of each other. And I, I was, I mean, they started off super strong. The one thing that really bothered me. And again, I don't necessarily care, but the Tony D thing seemed like it, like I understand that there probably is a reason for it and we'll see it on I Tuesday. knew they were going to do it, but it felt but out of place. It, when yeah, they did it, it felt like yeah. we fucking, like they rushed and they missed and they caught him, but they didn't. And it's just like, I get it, but it didn't really have an effective outcome. Like it didn't have anything to do with the outcome, really, if you look at it. So to me, I thought that was a miss, but that's beside the point. I, again, nitpicking at best, it was still a great effort from both guys. I just didn't like that Tony D schmoz because it didn't feel like it did anything for me. Uh, but going on, I do want—I do want to say the mellow entrance with the banners was fucking mm. awesome. The match itself, he beat him 2-0. I can't believe that fucking Commander Aziz is back. 
That's a feat Dabakato. nobody. Dabakato. He has Dabakato, his own name back. Excuse me. He's I'm, back, but it, they gave us the twist. They gave us the twist. Like he. I mean, I saw that coming like a mile supporting. away, though. I mean, we all did because it's like what they're not going to run back the thing, the fucking the gimmick that people made fun of. Even though I love that gimmick. Yeah. They weren't going to run it back, but it's just like, I mean, Dabakato's there. He was a guy that they were high on, obviously for a while because of his size. So let's see it now. He gets to work with the guy that he rode on the road with for a long time and was a by his side when he was a fucking champion. So if anyone can make this dude look good and give him a launching pad, it's Apollo. So. I didn't. Let's I didn't see. really care about the match per se because I did. I, no, I mean, the like, match was I'm very not, pedestrian. Yeah, but it was. It was. I mean, I mean, I'm a mellow guy, so obviously I love it. So it's just like I love him by default. It's just. It's. It's hard to watch these things because I do like Cruz. I just. I just feel like there's just again, you're trying to make something personal. You're trying to make something cool, but it, like you're forcing it. And I. I think that's the issue that when I watch NXT right now, like the television on NXT every Tuesday is great. I enjoy it. it it's a breath of fresh air. Seeing new people try things, that's great. When we get to these premium live event stuff, I go, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? And then it, 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 it parlayed into, like, I thought Toxic Attraction did a decent enough job, but, like, that to me was a sloppy match. See, so this is, because so, I know you didn't like this match, and I, I hadn't seen it yet when I saw your comment in our group thread, but, like, to me, I the I said the wrestling porn match was die Jack Wesley, but this was my favorite match, and I agree. It was sloppy. Yeah. Triple threats are often sloppy because when you get a triple threat, like how do you have three people going to take them? It's not smooth. It's very rarely smooth unless you have fucking Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. Like they fucking figured it out and it was magical. But a lot of the times, like these matches are, are fucking weird because you kind of make them one-on-one. -on -one, the other person just kind of lays out. But then when you have all three of them involved, like it's always weird. And especially when you get to the inexperience here of it, um, it definitely like had that. But to me, it's like, even though they definitely didn't hit all their points where they needed to, I felt the story in this feud. And I knew it, like, even though we knew where it was going with the toxic team up and the toxic whatever, like, I still, like, this was the one thing, the reason why this separated for me is, like, I felt this match emotionally. Even though it wasn't the cleanest thing I ever had, because I agree, it was very sloppy. And in terms of technical, not even fucking close. Probably one of the, probably the worst, might be the worst technical match on this fucking card. But... For me, in terms of like emotion and storytelling and actually like giving a shit, this was probably my favorite because I was invested. Like I thought it was cool. Even I overlooked some of the sloppiness. Like I said, that's why it isn't like the greatest thing ever. But to me, it just like it felt it. And I think it did what it needed to do. It proved that it proved that JC's fucking really good and underrated and that she's going to be just fine whenever they do break them up. Um, it did show me that Gigi still isn't all the way there, but she's gotten better. And it showed me that fucking, I mean, Roxy's going to be a fucking megastar. And she's only 20 years old or whatever now, and she's obviously going to go through some stuff. She needs to get over, like, being a fucking 20-year-old kid. That sounds like a kid. Like, that's part of it. And that's why she's the next team and going to get a chance here. But, I mean, in terms of, like, ability, it's there. So, I honestly, this, like I said, this was, in a weird way, it was probably my favorite part of the show, even despite all its flaws. Okay. I don't have much to say about the tag match. I knew Gallus seemed like they were going to win, so I, I can see that happening. And I, people I thought that was their favorite match. I, I don't know. I just I hate the fatal four ways, like you always say. When you have to tag in, it's weird, right? Because I mean, at that point, there's no disqualification. Why can't you all just yeah. do a big it, giant battle royal? And that's what usually ends up happening, anyway. right? And so of course, like suplex off the top rope is a cool spot, but like, and the chase you like they had chase you had a moment, and that's awesome. I'm happy for them, but. Well, that's that was the crazy thing for me is like they got booed to shit when they came out because the crowd only cared about New Day. Right. I didn't realize that was Andre Chase's hometown. So I was like, oh, boy. But uh, to the credit of Chase U and everyone else in that match, by the end of the match, they were fucking over like Rover with that crowd. So I thought that was really cool. I think that's kind of why 
enough shows Pretty Deadly and Gallus are effective heels, but also shows the ability of New Day, where it's like, all anyone wanted out of this match was fucking to see New Day. They were over in the match. They booed the fuck out of every other tag team, including the other baby faces. But by the end, Chase, you got you to flip and care. And I thought that was really cool. And credit to those guys, because I think that was important because now they've done it on the road in front of a crowd. So there might be a chance for them now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to something else. AEW. Yeah, you don't care about Henley and Kiana? Okay. No, no, no. So I, I do care. I'm excited. But like we talked about, they're the only ones on TV. And I feel like Chance and Katana aren't on t- TV. So like, this is, this is this is it. Chance and Katana are going up, so they're just or Chance and Katana is the same person. Kanan and Katana are Whatever, going up. Hell, I always want to say Casey, but it just yeah, no, I felt this was too soon. I would have flipped it here, but that's just me. But I think yeah, no, I think that, Fallon Henley's a star, so I'm I'm all in. Like I, mean, I love I it. Think, I think they're both oh. really good. Um, and it's I love the old pictures of seeing them both on dark too. Uh, because I know I think Kiana was in the Spears Breeze Academy, which is cool too. But uh we do have to talk about AEW and this fucking I mean, even our boy Cap is an AEW guy. It's called the product dog shit lately because it has been because every single fucking storyline sucks including MJF, which is crazy that the fucking Tony Khan found a way to make the best thing you have fucking terrible with this stupid bullshit. And this week he's wrestling Takashita and uh, Brian is wrestling Roosh because I, you know, they want to put me to sleep, I guess. People love wrestling. It doesn't make any sense, but they love wrestling. I do too, but it's like, well, you say people, but it's like, it's that small niche audience. Yeah. Like it's, it's their it's audience. It's why it doesn't grow. It, it's why it's at 900,000 and not going any higher. Ding, ding, ding. And it's just, and for those of us that want a little more, like, I appreciate the good wrestling, but it's just like, at least before with like MJF and the Acclaimed has been fun stuff, but right now it hasn't been good. Like Acclaimed and the Guns, like it's fine, but. You don't believe the Guns. It's, I will say that it's just like Billy Gunn's been such a big part of it. And now are they just flipping them again? Like, I don't They're going to make them turn and have them win. Like, do you think anybody's going to care about the guns being a tag team champion? That's why it's like, that's, that's the title match this week. I think storyline wise, it makes sense for the guns to win, but man, it just, I don't know. Some, there's got to be some other shit to drop here because if they just do that, like, I mean, AEW usually is very pedestrian with their booking, so it'll probably happen, but I need something more, man. And I don't think I'm going to get it. How'd you feel about uh, your boy uh, Joe winning again last week? I said this to Cap, too, because it's just like that TNT title match is a fucking shit show. And it just that kind of is the representation of AEW's booking where it's like they get some heat with Darby getting the title back and he's defending it. And people are all about it because they've been doing nothing with Darby forever. And Joe already has a different title and him and Wardlow doesn't feel like they need a title. But now it's just back on Joe, who's probably just so he can fucking give it back to Wardlow at the next pay-per-view. And we're back where we started. It's just it's like it just it feels like we're running in circles. And it just I don't know that match too, like. I don't know, man. I just it's it's, it's tough to watch. So what, it's what not else? Great. What else is on the program this week? Uh, this week we have a fucking six person tag titles: the Elite taking Top Flight and AR Fox. That'll be thirty two X for me. We have Jamie Hader in a title eliminator versus the Bunny because we haven't had one of those in a while. But who cares? Whatever. And then we have the Garcia Guevara gauntlet for Ricky Starks. And this is literally this is the big thing Cap and I are talking about that makes no fucking sense. Is that Ricky Starks has been being put through the ringer. For a rematch against the guy he already beat. Why the fuck are we doing this? Yep. The Besides other, wasting time. The other thing that I want to point out for people that say AEW's greatest storytelling. They're not. They're not. And here's why. MJF and Brian Danielson, he's putting people in the way to get what he wants. Yet on the same program, you're also having Ricky Starks go through all the people to chase a championship, essentially is what Chris Jericho is perceived as. To get back to what he wants. You're doing the same thing parallel on the same program, probably in the same hour. And what else have they done with MJF 
in almost every feud he's had. He did it to Wardlow. Yep. It's just like this is it's like it's the same thing over and over. And eventually it's like if the wrestling's good, like it normally is, like you're gonna be fine. You're gonna exist. You're a successful company, you're way more successful than people ever thought you would be, but you have a ceiling, and they're at that ceiling. And it just, it, I don't know. I, I don't care if Darby was hurt, Joe. Get I agree. Out of here. Exactly. Like, have Darby lose to someone else. Yep. He, has, he does a surprise match every week against someone random. Why not fucking have a dude that you're trying to push, like fucking Roosh's sidekick there, who formerly 10, Vance. I don't know his real name. What if in a surprise, he fucking wins the TNT title? You know, just, I, I don't want that. But I'm just saying, like, as an example, it's like, AEW has a massive roster. Oh, here's a better idea in WrestleMania. Who is the guy? Who is the probably the best? of the recent ones from the past year moving from WWE to AEW that actually kind of worked even though I've been very critical of him but who literally like had the big thing they were the tag champs they broke up he got a faction and now he's just not on TV Swerve absolutely I agree why not have Swerve beat Darby last week Swerve's a guy like with what he's been in his crossover appeal and as much critical as I've been with him he's fucking one of your bigger guys you should have on TV every week they've done nothing with him so it's just it's it's fucking infuriating, man. I don't like I don't know what the fuck goes on in the back there, but if they're all yes men, well, Tony Khan need to hire a no man because you need someone to fucking like. I think you do a lot of things great. You obviously have historically like you, you built this company, you you built a lot of stars that weren't stars before, but like you're at a point now where you're in a very deep rut and you need someone to walk in the back and be like, what the fuck you're doing? This is wrong. We need to do something different. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. Right yeah, now. no, I, t- I I totally agree with you. I, I I do not look forward to Wednesdays anymore, and I used to. No, so. it's a shame. So. All right. Anything else you want to get out of here? Let's get out of here, bro. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week of the Jobberknocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. And Rick, oh, roar!